0: Out of Bounds, ESPN 105.9 The Zone. Blake Scott filling in for Mr. Bo Bounds, the incomparable one. Good to have him on the last two segments, but we are going to the Bucked Up Energy guest line. Remember, when you need to do that energy boost, either uh, when you get up in the morning, maybe you got that 3 o'clock sales meeting, maybe you got to stay up late because your kids have two soccer games. Whatever it might be. Go look for the buck on the can. That's right. The deer antlers and get bucked up energy. They got a lot of great flavors. You find one that you like and when you feel it, you know, you've gotten bucked up. That's right. Bucked up energy. We go to the bucked up energy drinks guest line and we welcome in Mississippi State Insider 247 sports page dot com. The man behind dog pile the book chronicling the 2021 National Championship run for Mississippi State baseball. Steve Robertson joins us on the Bucked Up Energy Drinks guest line. And Steve, we'll start with this before we jump into Mississippi State. Tom Brady unretires after two months. Um, Was it his kids? Was it that carpool line? Why do you think Tom came back so quickly and told everybody on social media that he has, quote, unfinished business after seven Super Bowls?
1: Well, I don't think it's Giselle. Um, (laughs) (laughs) I think, you know, the guy's still in great shape. And, you know, I mean, a lot of people see diminished skill at this point in their career, but it's pretty clear that Tom Brady is, uh, you know, a cyborg or something. But uh, honestly, I think it's good for the game. I know uh, as a Pittsburgh Steelers fan, I'm happy to see him out of the AFC. I just hope that we could find a quarterback somewhere, but, uh, yeah, you know, I think it's good and I think, you know, we are we are witnessing through one of the greatest careers in all of sport. You know, not just football, but all of sport. And yeah, you know, I'm I'm down for another year. Well, let's see what happens. But uh it is kind of funny to see the unfinished business thing. I think maybe he just wants to go out on top and believes they can make another run of the Super Bowl. But um I think it's a great thing. I I'm not i I see some other people have uh some negative reaction to it. But um, you know, who wouldn't want to see Michael Jordan play another year? You know, with the Bulls in his prime, you know, even towards the end of his prime, you know, and so I think that's kind of where we are. If you're a fan of football, I think that uh, you probably are on board. Yeah, know, ready coming back. You know, unless, you're, unless you're a Saints
0: fan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Other than the Saints, Panthers, and Cardinals, right? But uh, not Car Falcons, wrong bird. Um, But I do think it's interesting. Like you said, I brought up the Michael Jordan Wizards thing, and the I, you know, I talked about you know even he, Michael couldn't hang it up right. Away. You know, he had to come back, and Favre obviously had to come back, and there's. There's all these guys who have come back, but it does seem like none of them have come back playing at the production level that Tom Brady is playing at, you know. And so uh, that's a little bit different situation. Uh, it will be interesting. I told I told the uh, listeners this earlier, and I don't know if you know the stat, but since 2013, Tom Brady has won the Super Bowl every other year.
1: And that bodes well for the uh,
0: the Bucks. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Field Yates tweeted that out. It's Super Bowl win and then they lose in the playoffs, and then Super Bowl win and then they lose in the playoffs. And so, obviously, Tampa Bay lost in the playoffs this past uh, past December or January, whenever it was. And and so they will. Uh, I guess the the interesting momentum will be on Tampa. They went from twenty to one to ten to one to win the Super Bowl after that news. Uh, dropped Sunday that Tom Brady would be coming back. So it'll be interesting to watch that unfold. But uh, we brought Steve in, Steve Robertson, jeanspage.com, on the Bucked Up Energy Drinks guest line. Not to talk Tom Brady, although it's always fun to. But we're going to talk a little Mississippi State. Let's start with the sport that is active right now, still officially. Uh, Basketball may be playing in the NIT now all of a sudden. Steve, what... What do you know about the situation? Ben Howland's future feels up in the air, but John Cohen made a statement over the weekend that it's not up in the air. What do you know about what's going on with Ben Howland and a potential nit opportunity?
1: Well, they're going to play. there are a three seed in the nit, and they're going to play at Virginia. You know that they can't host because uh, you know renovations for Humphrey Coliseum are beginning immediately. But um, I don't think there's any question that we're going to see a change. I think basically, you know. Ben has earned, you know, the right, I guess he would say, the privilege to coach a team uh, into the postseason. I, I don't think even winning the NIT changes the trajectory of things. I, I think Ben Howland will, will will see a – I don't know if you call it a mutual parting of the ways or whatever. No matter what you label it, it all means the same thing. Go on. You know, I read some of this stuff on Facebook, and they say, well, you know, maybe it's a resignation. Maybe it's a retirement. maybe You know, it, it's all the same. Yeah, you know, that, that I think what we can kind of go ahead and wrap our minds around is that Mississippi State's going to have someone else leading them in basketball program next year, and yeah, you know, I, I don't think anything that happens in the NIT is going to change that.
0: Interesting. So, it why play? I guess my question is why not? If you if you believe that there's a change coming down the road, what's the what's the positive in waiting? Especially when you look around and you see that now LSU uh, LSU's free fired Will Wade. Kwanzaa Martin gets fired at Missouri. Mike White leaves Florida for Georgia, who fired Tom Crean. So you replace one with the other, although you would argue Florida's the better job. So it's a a worse opening to compete against than competing against Georgia if you're Mississippi State. So you've got three openings in your conference alone. Um, What's the positives to allowing Ben Howland to stay under contract, even if it is just for a week or two, or maybe they make some run?
1: Well, I think some players. You know, I mean, it's like, you know, the players aren't aren't a part of any of this decision-making process. And, you know, they're the ones that earned the opportunity to play in the NIT, and you can diminish the quality of that tournament all you want to. But you know, these guys love the game of basketball, and they get a chance to play a little longer together. And, and uh, I think you allow them to do that. And I also think there's really no harm in Ben Howland coaching the team. You know, it's not like, you know, there's, it's not like John Cohen's having to coach a team and isn't able to conduct a coaching search at the same time. And so – I think if anything, you know, State wins a couple of games, you end the year on a a positive note, you feel like, hey, you know, maybe some of these guys will come back and you can build a program around them. But uh, the reality of it is is no matter what happens in the NIT, I don't think it in any way slows down the search for another coach. And and I've read somebody's comments, like, I don't understand why we don't make an announcement and get the search started. Well, the search has already been – is ongoing. There's already been some interviews. And I, I think the reality of it is, is that, in no way whatsoever does this uh, hinder John Cohen's ability to find a suitable replacement, to, to pull this program forward and have these guys competing for an NCAA tournament bid rather than having to be relegated to the NIT again. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you will hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore dealmaking
0: across sports, media, and entertainment.
1: determination is essential in overcoming them it's this willingness decisiveness and resilience that sets marines apart with our fighting spirit we don't just fight battles we win them marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown and through adaptable problem solving we do just that learn more at marines.com
0: fair enough steve robertson jeanspage.com, 247 sports talking a little bulldog basketball the future of ben howland Uh, Up in the air, perhaps. Uh, Obviously, a lot of signs pointing towards a change, but nothing official yet. So we will uh, await that uh, information from Steve and the crew at 247 Sports as uh, the Bulldogs, like Steve said, will play in the NIT tournament. And I do agree, like you said, it is, especially for a group of kids who some already lost the year in 2020 and have, have dealt with all that stuff, you definitely don't want to take any opportunity for them to have one more game. So I, I agree with that side of things. Um, any word on, you kind of mentioned a couple names last week with us when we talked about potential replacements for Ben Howland. Has there been any changes on that front? Anything you can report on where you think the search is headed?
1: Well, if I had to handicap it today, I, I, I would say the top three names are, you know, McMahon from Murray state and then uh, you know, Jan's from out there in New Mexico and, uh, state. And then, um, you're Todd Goldman from San Francisco. I, I believe right now that's probably the top grouping. That's not the only names that are in contention, but those are the names that I hear the most consistently. But, and now with Florida being open, I, I kind of wonder about McMahon, at, you know, at Murray State. I mean, does he become an attractive candidate, you know, for Scott Strickland? You know, the Florida situation is much different than the LSU situation. Like, and the LSU situation, I think, is going to be very, very difficult. Scott Woodard, an outstanding AD, and, you know, he's a guy that swings for the fences. But when you've got impending sanctions they're coming your way, I mean, how much can you afford to pay somebody to make that a non-factor? And we talk about, well, there's the NCAA transfer portal, and you can always restock your roster. Well, if you get a couple of years postseason ban, nobody's going to sign on for that. I mean, why would somebody want to come to your school if they have no chance of going to the NCAA tournament. So I think in some respects, you potentially handicap the new coach. And so uh, does that open the door for a guy like Andy Kennedy? Yeah, possibly. I mean, Andy's a guy that knows the league well, and he's a guy too that probably would be willing to wait that out. You know, But if you're getting a guy that's you know, on, on an upward trajectory of his career, if you're getting one of these guys that perhaps is looking for that next big step, I don't know that LSU's that, that attractive. I do think Florida is an attractive job. I just don't know at this point who they plan to target. I think the Mike White thing is very intriguing. I think it shows that Mike White's got good representation. I think we all saw with him losing, they probably needed to win a game in an SEC tournament to make the big dance. And his people probably uh, probably heard you know, what was coming. <laughs> so he go ahead and uh, he lands a job not only not only within the league, but in basically the same region and the same division uh, there at Georgia. And a lot of talk last week that, you know, Georgia might actually make a minority hire and then uh, they go out and get Mike White. And so, you know, Mike's a good coach. And so it'll be interesting to see, I think the expectations of Georgia may be a little bit lower than they are at Florida, but uh, Georgia had one of the worst college basketball seasons we've seen in the SEC in years. And so, They need some fresh blood. Mike's the guy that knows the league. So, good move for Georgia. But I I do think that uh, we've got to watch Florida a little bit with the man. So, we'll see how things progress there.
0: Yeah, Steve Robertson, jeanspage.com, 247 Sports on the bucked-up energy drinks guest line. I 100% agree with that. I, I thought about that immediately. I thought when Florida opened up that that was direct competition more than any of the other openings had been. Uh, with what Mississippi State would be trying to do to replace Ben Howland. So, interesting information there. Um, and we did talk about that, man, Tom Crean going 6-26. and 26. I think even Rick Ray won more than six games every year he was at Mississippi State. So, um, that tells you where Georgia and Tom Crean were this past season. Uh, let's switch to baseball. Bulldogs get a desperately needed sweep over Princeton, although they did not make it easy against a team that, uh, again, you out-talent by I can't even imagine how much. Uh, What what do you see from this baseball team after the three-game series over Princeton? Are they ready for SEC play? Are are you feeling a little bit better after the sweep, or do these results kind of mean nothing given the competition you played?
1: Well, the first thing that I want to say before we move on from Princeton is I think left fielder Nadir Lewis might be the best hitter that I've seen Mississippi state face this year. I mean, that guy is absolutely outstanding. And, and you say, well, you know, he's, he's on a winless team, not his fault. I mean, you go look at that guy's numbers. I mean, he was hitting 500 coming into the weekend and every bat was a grounded out type deal. I mean, that guy has just such a professional approach to play. So it'll be interesting to kind of watch him, you know, what, what happens with him in the next year or two, but, uh, what, just wanted to kind of get, you know, tip of the cap you know, to him. But, um, yeah, state took care of business. I mean, you know, it's like, yeah, you'd like to be able to blow out every game. That's just not always feasible. You know, you're going to have some games sometimes when you got to grind it out. And that's what happened, you know, in game two, which is actually the first game on Sunday. And you know, state had their opportunities, couldn't get the big timely base hit to expand the lead, and then you start mixing and matching there in the bullpen. But uh, the truth of the matter is, state starting pitching has been good on the weekend all year long. Uh, you know, Casey Hunt was a little bit up and down uh, back the against Long Beach State, but yeah, Preston Johnson, good for the second straight week. Cade Smith, good, good, you know, every time you send him out there, I guess it's four weeks in a row that um, he's pitched well enough to win. He's 3-0 and in the year now. And then Parker Sinet, who would have thought that guy was going to start and win two games in a week? You know, now all of a sudden he appears to be, you know, your weekend guy going into Georgia. So I think you begin to see some questions get answered. And Stig was in this position last year. Will Bednar begins to come back what does that mean? Well, Fristo goes to midweek, Sarantola goes to Sundays. Honestly, I think starting pitching-wise, State's probably in better position now headed into SEC play than they were a year ago. But the issue with this team has been the time we base hit. You know, when you have a chance to expand the lead or take the lead or put pressure on an opponent, State's kind of been inconsistent. Some of that's a game of baseball, but you, know, you you go back and look and see what they did on Friday and, and what they did in game two on on uh, on Sunday. When they're swinging the bats well, they're difficult to beat. And, and much can be said for any other team. But this is a team that has a lot of talent. And what's encouraging to me is you look at what Kellum Clark has done this year, what Brad Compass has done this year. And Kellum, of course, has done it all in a matter of a week and a half. But you don't you're not even really getting – the best level production from hancock james and logan tanner yet so once this team gets all the horses pulling i think you can feel you know pretty confident this is a team that's going to be a difficult out in the postseason and uh but you're right they need they desperately needed a sweep they need to get a win today and uh you'd like to be able to go to georgia and go out there at least get a couple uh there in georgia uh, they're going to pitch it really well That's scott strickland's calling card it's offensively they're they're a bit of a question mark too and so I think this is a series that State can go down there uh, and win, especially when you look at how well the starting pitching has gone. And Parker Stinnett, if he strike out 24 in two two games this week, and I asked him yesterday as he was leaving the media room, when's the last time he struck out 20 hitters in a week? He just looked at me and he said, never. So all of a sudden, this is a guy that wasn't expected to be a factor on the weekend that could prove to be a big factor as we move forward.
0: Interesting. Steve Robertson, jeanspage.com. Two four seven sports talking Bulldogs baseball. They get the sweep over Princeton. They play tonight against Binghamton. Um, Steve, you mentioned kind of piecemealing it in the bullpen, and obviously we know Stone Simmons still kind of up in the air on when he could return if he does. Preston Johnson, who could have potentially factored into either like a long relief slash closer role if needed, if things had you know if Landon Sims isn't out, and Casey Hunt isn't out, and you're you're trying to mix and match in the bullpen, but. Now you're going to need Preston to start a lot of games, or at least pitch uh, a lot of innings in games, even if he's a you know second third inning guy on a Sunday. What what is the thoughts on the bullpen and where they're at health wise, and are any of these guys that we just mentioned you know trending the right way to come back?
1: computer solitaire huh Ah, oh, sorry we were looking for chumba casino that's right chumbacasino.com has over a hundred casino style games join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes chumbacasino.com no purchase necessary or were prohibited by law 18 plus terms and conditions apply see website for details well we hope to find out today you know that they were um you know, Chris Simona said on Friday that, uh, that they expect to make a statement at some point today. I don't know what that means during the day or, you know, probably post-game today after the Binghamton game. It'll start at six, That's a night game, which is kind of a rarity for, uh, for a Monday night that you play on Monday. But um, yeah, at this point, we just don't know, you know, and that's where, you know, guys like Brooks Auger have to step up. And I think Brooks is going to be good for State. know um, yeah, and that's. You know, Foxhall is a guy that didn't didn't forget how to coach pitching. You know, that that's the thing that I, I think sometimes fans just kind of have some confidence and faith in the coaches. I mean you, you know, Foxhall pieced this thing together last year with one and a half starting pitchers and it took three guys to comprise the half. You know, it, you know, Christian McLeod at times is really good. Other times he wasn't. You know, Houston Harding's a guy you got some innings out of, won some games, same thing with Fristo, but you never had really a consistent consistent second or third starter. That's where that I think this mixing and matching with the bullpen is interesting. You know, it's like Cam Tuller is a guy that had two really bad outings to open the season. His last two have been much better. Uh, You look at you know a guy like Brooks Auger is young, still developing. Mikey Tepper is a guy I think that could be the closer. But what you're seeing is these guys finding their roles, and I don't know that that's been fully established at this point. And that's probably the biggest concern for this team heading into SEC play is when you need that guy that can go out there and get you to the ninth inning. Who is that guy? How does that guy perform? Who can you trust? Uh, You know, I thought uh, Cole Cheatham actually looked pretty good yesterday, and he could be, you know, uh, a left-handed matchup guy. Drew Talley is a guy that I know that's going to go compete. You know, when he's on his game, the guy's really, really good. You know, he's a guy that finds a little bit of the plate sometimes, too, and gets hit a little bit, but – and you know, you've got some guys that have a lot of talent. They don't have a lot of experience, and that's where Foxhall's kind of got to figure this thing out. And you know, that, that game yesterday, game one yesterday, the, the second game of the series, you know, it was like you know musical chairs out there. And, and uh, Jackson Presto comes out, and, and that guy's got a lot of talent, but but he's struggling a little bit right now. You know, he had a, a good start earlier this year, but you know since that time, like we saw against Southern Miss, he is a guy that really struggles to find his own, and so. That's where I think the challenge for this team lies is when you need that gap to bridge the gap to get you from the starter to the closer, uh, who do you, who can you trust at this point? I think that's still a little bit question mark.
0: Absolutely. Steve Robertson, 247 Sports, jeanspage.com, talking Bulldogs baseball on the Bucked Up Energy Drinks guest line. This is the Out of Balance Show, ESPN 105.9 The Zone. So they're 10-7. and seven. They're still technically last in the sec west it doesn't mean anything really because you'll obviously have 30 games in the sec to to finish that pecking order out but what what are your expectations now you've seen a month of baseball you know where they're at obviously they may get some people back from injury but he, you know even a pitcher who comes back midseason from an arm discomfort arm injury arm tweak whatever you want to call it um it's it doesn't give you a ton of faith in in their ability to become full strength during that season. It's just hard to do in baseball. So knowing everything that you know and knowing where they stand now and seeing that um, offensive lineup trying to become co- co- cohesive, what are your thoughts on the 30-game schedule for SEC? Have your have your expectations for Mississippi State changed a month into the season compared to what they were preseason? Well,
1: yeah, slightly. I, I thought the state had a really good chance to be a top eight national seed. I mean, you lose Landon Sims. I mean, that obviously diminishes your your options of doing that. You know, Not to mention, because as you mentioned before, Preston Johnson was the first guy of the bullpen. Well, now you pressed him into Friday night service. So who, who takes on that role? And you don't have a guy that's that reliable and a guy that's been through the SEC wars yet. I mean, and we saw last year, I mean. And he was the guy that dominated Southern Miss, and then we go to Auburn, and it's like he'd never played baseball before. But then, then lo and behold, you get all hemmed up together. and Next thing you know, down the stretch, he was state's most consistent reliever. And so, so yeah, I, I think now you've gone from competing for a top eight national seed to competing for a hosting spot. Now, is state going to be a postseason team? Absolutely. And I don't think there, I don't think there's anybody in the country who wants to see the defending national champion show up. Playing their best baseball as a two seed in their regional. I think people would probably complain openly to the NCAA selection committee that they're getting that. You know, it's like, you mean, you kid, you kidding me? You know, I got to get the defending national champs in my own yard. You know, that's, that's there's a lot of people I think will have a valid complaint there. Uh, so is State the number 16 team? Right now, no, they're not. But once you get an SEC play, and, and that's a thing that we saw last year, I mean, if we're going to. If we're going to, you know, hand somebody an NFL championship based on the first month of the season, what well, would we have been Arkansas last year? And I go back and I think about last year when Kentucky came to Starkville, a lot of people considered them one of the hottest teams in the SEC. They didn't even make the tournament. So there's a lot that, that changes once we get into SEC play. you got the best coaches in college but baseball breaking down your swing, breaking down your pitching. Baseball's a game of adjustments. And that's not just in-game. That's in-season and many times in-weekend. You begin to see how people are going to pitch you or how you need to pitch guys to get them out. Uh, I think this is a team that posts a winning SEC record, and to be quite honest with you, I think, you know, based on reputation, but also, too, the fact that uh, the league is so good, and there is so much parity in the league, I think Stegos 16-14 and in the SEC, I think you're a comfortable number two uh, somewhere. Uh, you, You win 18 games, I think you put yourself in a position to possibly host, but it's all going to boil down to bullpen pitching. I mean, because all these SEC offenses are going to ground you out. They're going to run your pitch counts up. And so, in order for state to find a way to really advance to the postseason, state's going to have to find a way to find those middle relievers that can bridge the gap. It's important. It's everything. There the offense go. is going to be
0: there. There you go. Steve Robertson, jeanspage.com, 247 sports with the rundown on Bulldog basketball and baseball here on the Out of Bounds Show, ESPN 105.9 The Zone. Uh, Steve, we appreciate it. Uh, Thanks for joining us, and we may talk to you again later this week as we uh, preview that first SEC opening weekend um, as Mississippi State will travel to Athens and take on the Bulldogs. We appreciate it, Steve. See you soon. Steve Robertson, jeanspage.com. Dropping the knowledge. He's got it all locked and loaded. We've got a little bit more uh, knowledge to drop on you in hour number three. You're not going to want to miss it. This is the Out of Bounds Show, ESPN 105.9 The Zone, brought to you by the new cocktails in a can. That's right. Head over to a grocery store like Corner Market or a service station like Fleetway Market near you today and check out the Crown and Coke, Crown Royal and Apple, maybe the Tangeray Orange and Tonic, or my favorite, the Jameson Ginger and Lime. That's right, Jameson Ginger and Lime. All cocktails in a can. Make it easy and convenient to take your favorite cocktail on the go, whether it's the baseball station stadium or the beach. Out of Bounds, Hour 3 coming up.
1: With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere.
0: Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom?